Hi, it's Patrick here, and I have U.S. citizenship. I'm one of the many millions of immigrants who have come to the United States and eventually got their citizenship. It takes, as most other immigrants will tell you, it takes years. In my particular case, it took an extra long time, partly because I sat on the fence, but mainly because my application got caught up, like many other people's, in the red tape surrounding 9-11. And from the time that I applied for citizenship, and of course I had to have a green card to apply, and that in itself took a few years. But from the time that I applied, it took seven years for me to actually get my citizenship. But what about this? You're a much more recent immigrant to the U.S. You don't even have a green card. You have a visa. It's going to run out at some point or other. And you want to stay. And you, you know that you eventually want to get your citizenship. Well, there is a way that maybe you can, depending on what language or languages you may speak. You can apply to join the U.S. Army. In exchange for enlisting, immigrants with certain language skills, also with certain types of medical training that the U.S. Army needs, they can get their citizenship by the end of basic training. Now, basic training itself just takes 10 weeks, so it's a, a very short time. This is a pilot program. It's been offered to very few people. It ran for a year in 2009. It was wildly oversubscribed then. It then lapsed. But now the Pentagon has brought it back. And as Nina Porzuki reports from New York, immigrants from one particular country have been especially eager to participate this time. On a recent morning, I met Yoon Young Kim at a busy coffee shop in New York's Koreatown. No fancy Korean-themed black sesame latte for Kim. He likes his coffee simple. Sugar? Nothing. Black. Just black? Good lord. That's tough, man. You are going into the army. (sighs) In fact, Kim, a South Korean national, was sworn into the U.S. Army just a few weeks ago. He's set to leave for basic training in April, and by the end of summer, he's scheduled to raise his hand again to swear another oath, this time as a U.S. citizen. When Kim came to the U.S. eight years ago to study nursing, he never thought he'd be enlisting in the U.S. military. And certainly not at age 32. He worries about his English and keeping up physically with a bunch of 20-year-olds at boot camp. Mentally, probably I'm better than them. But for physically, probably I'm weak. So right now, these days I'm trying to you know, just really work out by myself for the push-up and sit-up and running stuff. And I'm just trying to prepare for that. Before enlisting, Kim was getting frustrated, trying to find a job in nursing, and his visa was running out. That's why he leapt at a chance at fast-track citizenship with the U.S. Army. Now, immigrants fighting for the U.S. military is nothing new. Something that a lot of Americans don't realize, but substantial numbers of people who have served in the military during wartime in past wars have been immigrants. That's retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Margaret Stock. Stock also happens to be an immigration attorney. While immigrants have fought in wars since 1775, things changed after 9-11, she says. A new federal rule required legal immigrants to have a green card to enlist. Suddenly, the army was forced to turn away thousands of qualified applicants. I would get calls from people in the military. Since I was in the military, they'd call me and say, hey, how come... You know, Tanya so-and-so just walked into the recruiter's office and she's got a U.S. high school diploma and she speaks three languages and, you know, she's really well qualified to be in the military. She's got great test scores. But 
I'm not allowed to let her in because she doesn't have a green card. And they call me trying to get me to get her a green card. And then an idea came to Stock. What if the military took advantage of a legal loophole? Stock discovered the loophole in a statute passed by Congress. They put an exception in the statute that said that a person who didn't meet the normal criteria for enlistment could voluntarily enlist if the person's enlistment was vital to the national interest. That loophole became the military accessions vital to the national interest, or MAVNI program. The U.S. military today has missions all over the world, and recruiting men and women who speak the local language and know the local culture is vital. Yoon Young Kim hopes his Korean language skills might be useful in monitoring North Korea. So if they use me, it'd be great. Turns out many other Koreans are as ready as Kim. While there are 44 desired languages on the Mavni recruitment list, from Russian and Hindi to smaller Filipino dialects like Moro, Korean speakers have signed up in droves. The force behind this swell of enthusiasm, James Huang. If you have a question about the Mavni program, he's the person to contact. I got almost more than like 100 emails per day. Huang is a civilian. He always wanted to serve in the army, but when he visited a recruiter years ago without a green card, he was turned away. Then he heard about Mavni and made it his mission to spread the word about the program to other Koreans. He hosts info sessions in his home and fields questions on Facebook. He is even responsible for two Mavni marriages. Why does he do it? There were many people before this program who were on a non-immigrant visa for many years. And they didn't really have very much hope for becoming a permanent resident because of the backlog of the U.S. immigration system. Huang's effort has led to an overwhelming number of Koreans applying, says Margaret Stock. The Korean community got so enthusiastic and mobilized about the program that if we had let the program run first come, first serve without regard to the specific languages that we were recruiting, we probably would have ended up with 800 Korean language speakers and nobody from any other language groups. So the Army put a quota on Korean speakers. Stock is happy that Mavni is so popular, but she says the program really shouldn't exist. What Mavni really points out is a broken immigration system. If our nation had comprehensive immigration reform, if we had a legal immigration system that worked, we wouldn't need a program like Mavni. We could just draw on the population of people living legally in the United States with green cards. At the cafe in Koreatown, Yoon Young Kim sips his black coffee and smiles at his good fortune. He was one of the last Korean citizens to enlist before the Korean language quota was met last month. Of course, not everyone understood his decision to serve. When he told his parents in South Korea that he was going to join the army, they were shocked. My father and mother are like, Kim, don't do that. What did you tell them? I just said that, mom and dad, like, I'm not applying the American military to die. I'm not applying for that. I'm applying to live, to survive. Kim is looking forward to becoming a U.S. citizen this summer and serving his new country. And Mavni is expected to help many others like him. For The World, I'm Nina Porzuki. Okay, we have a blog post on this with some links, a couple of pictures of Kim, all that good stuff. It's at theworld.org slash language. 
or you can get there by going to the World in Words Facebook page or follow me on Twitter. My handle is Patrick Cox, P-A-T-R-I-C-O-X. See you next time.